Are you awake? Okay, good, because we've got a little bit to go. So um, I just want to invite up uh, this season's uh, Colson Fellows to come and take a seat on the comfy couches behind me. So you can give them a nice uh, warm welcome as they come up. Fantastic. You know, it's really exciting uh, just to be having this conversation and um, I'm glad that Zoe shared that bit at the start because now that I don't have to share that. So Zoe just put the idea to me and I was there straight away. I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. And it, it felt right in, in God to go, yes, uh, let's pursue this um, Colson Fellows thing. It was just the Colson Fellows thing. Um, but it's really great just to see it now materialise in, in our nation here. And this is really, we're starting an important conversation here. Do you agree? sitting here today and I'm listening to Dr. Bill share and Mark share and I'm just thinking uh, this conversation's way up here and I feel very little down here but just emerging in it. So, um, But this is the crew this year that are going on that journey of worldview discovery which many of you, um, because of the influence of it coming through church and coming through the people that are going through it, um, that you're starting to hear some of this worldview stuff come through and it's really making sense and a big part of um, entering into the Colson um, Fellows Institute for me was going, do I have permission to look here? Do I have permission to have these conversations or is it a distraction? And I had to work out in my heart, like, am I just getting distracted by all these topics that are out there and worldview and eventually wrestled it through and went, no, this is where God is leading us as a church. This is where he's leading us as believers and this is where he's leading us as a nation to, 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 he's giving something back to us that somewhere was lost in the reiterations of the Protestant denominations and splits. And as tended to be the case was that uh, when a new revelation came along, there were those that would go with the new, but un, an unfortunate happening of that was that we'd often throw out the baby with the bathwater. And so we get to a point in our history where we have a somewhat narrow faith, but God is trying to open up all the good things of the Catholic Church that went prior to us, before the 1500s of Martin Luther King. And uh, he's trying to open up things that were in the holiness movement and give them back to us now, not losing the spirit of God, not losing what we have, but, but adding to it so that the church is able to uh, reveal the manifold wisdom of God. Is that okay? Um, so this session, we really want to um, we really want to quiz our students here. We really want them to share their journey, why it was that they stepped in, what it is that they're learning. And some of them might look a little bit nervous there. I'm not sure if there's uh, some nerves going on or what's happening behind me, but, um, but we really want to get the focus on them. But um, for me, I just want to share really briefly that uh, for me, stepping in, for me, I grew up in a very, uh, I grew up in the Pentecostal culture of church. And so I got to know it very well. And, um, and hidden in that culture, embedded in that culture, was that we really put the spiritual um, disciplines or the spiritual performance, um, we elevated that above our intellectual understanding of our faith. And I'm a product of that. And as I reflect on my faith and I reflect on my growing up, you know, things like praying, things like reading your Bible, things like preaching, and those things were quite elevated as something as desirable in the church. 
Uh, but knowing about your faith, knowing how to defend your faith, wasn't something that was greatly valued explicitly. It was a good thing, but it wasn't really part of the culture. And I think we're in an, an incredible time now where God is restoring those things. And so stepping into the Colson Fellows for me um, led me on a discovery of the intellectual foundations to my faith, the underpinnings behind it. And consequence, consequently, as we are going through, there's a lot of reading that is involved in the course. You'll hear a little bit about that. I've got to read all the time. So lots of audio books and getting through things. But as you start to delve into this world of worldview culture, you start to, to realise that there is a great wealth of underpinnings uh, that are there in the Christian faith that actually give you the confidence when it comes to your spiritual performance and doing your spiritual disciplines. And as you're interacting and relating to people, if you have a confidence why you believe what you believe, then it's a lot easier to cross the line and meet the person where they're at. Whether it's a, I'm going to share my faith in Jesus Christ, that personal faith in Jesus Christ, or whether I'm just going to talk on a more broad worldview level, wherever that person is at, I, I feel like now there's a confidence for me to be able to just open up conversation and not feel like every time I've got to quickly get Jesus in there with people. Uh, because to be honest, it's not a high gifting in me. I don't tend to try and flash it out there. But entering into this conversation and, and, and looking and, and having these underpinnings uh, form well, hopefully well, um, I'm now a lot more willing as a more introverted person by nature to actually engage in those conversations. And I have a feeling if you, if you are more introverted that you, you're not necessarily the best at going, Jesus Christ is the way. Um, that this is something that really can help you to engage and to get to that point in a really natural way. And so um, that's a big part of how I op operate differently uh, as a result of entering into the Colson Fellows. Um, it's outworked in our church. So our church now gets a, a, a broad look at um, culture. We look at the things like creation, the fall, redemption, restoration, which is a pattern that you come across. Uh, you get thoroughly um, submersed in that, which is fantastic. Um, also in my family. So it's important to me now that I'm, tr I'm raising my kids in a way that it's not just about spiritual performance, but it's about understanding your faith and understanding the culture that comes at you through those little shiny screens uh, and being able to break them down. So with my eldest at the moment, we go through Ravi Zacharias's latest book, uh, The Logic of God, and just start to break down things and I'm quizzing her and she's, she's starting to get it. Um, why is that? Because it's a, it's a value that we understand how worldview shapes uh, humanity, how it shapes us individually. Um, and another result of stepping into it that it's opened up a ridiculous amount of books to me that I'm constantly reading all the time, that I have to hide packages that come in the mail because my wife's going to say, what is that you've ordered? <laughs> so I get in trouble now for reading books, um, which is fantastic because it, it, it's such a great journey to be on. Just really quickly, I just realised I've got this here. Okay. All right, I was going to show you that. That was uh, 
So John, Stephen and myself coming over on the plane and I uh, said to Steve, you just wait. We've just got our books out to read. John's got the audio book there. And I said, you just wait, well, he'll be asleep and then we'll get a photo of him. He is he's pretty adamant that he was just relaxing and listening to his audio book, but I'm actually convinced that he's asleep. Here's a good view of what, uh, as a result of uh, entering in the Colson uh, Fellows has done for me. And you can see information comes at you all the time. We heard that today. Dr. Bill or, or, or Dr. Mark shared that today, that how do you take in the vast amounts of information coming at you? Where do you file them? Where do you put them? Do, you just, do they just end up like this poor guy here who's just surrounded by this sea of information? He's about to bring on the flood there with all the information coming at him because it's too much and you drown in it. Um, but the, what the Colson Institute provides is a, it's a paradigm. It's a way that you can file everything that comes at you in a way that's logical, in a way that makes sense. And so you've got the filing cabinet there because uh, you need, obviously talking about worldviews, we're looking at how we view the world. In church, I just want to give you an idea of what it is that we've uh, been looking at. And one thing we did last year was um, we had a course called Civilian to Soldier. And we wanted, to, we wanted to really bring people from just being a civilian in regards to their faith, Christianity, to really moving into that place of soldier, its mission, uh, uh, looking outward, go into all the world. And so one part of what, what has happened in, for us as a church and for me personally is that we're starting to go through now and we're saying, let's engage in the big topics Let's break down these things that seem intimidating. They seem like it's not your area to go in uh, and realise that everyone carries every single one of these categories like they do their wallet in their back pocket. Everyone carries a theology, which is a description on who God is. Who do you say God is? Everyone has that in their back pocket, even if you say there's no God. Cosmology, origins, looking, looking beyond. Everyone has a cosmology in their back pocket. How do you say the world began? Do you believe it's evolution? Do you believe that it's uh, uh, intelligent design? What is it that you believe? Creationism. Everyone has one of these in their back pockets. And anthropology, who do you say man is? How often do we know that the, um, the policies that get put forward in politics are based on anthropology? Who do you say man is? Can man be moulded? Can man be changed? Or is there a a truth to man and his state? So God is encouraging us as just ordinary believers, start to get into these areas that seem intimidating. They seem big, but they're not really. The nature of evil. Is there such thing as evil? If there is, what is the nature of it? Is evil a shadow? Or is it an entity in itself? What is it? These are all things that are sharpening the church's mind to have these discussions. God is, God is doing this. History and eschatology, where have we been and where are we going? Is history linear? Is it cyclic? Is it both? Is it linear and cyclic as it goes? The Christian needs to have an understanding of, of what it is that he believes about history and where, where events are culminating to and politics and the nature of it. And these are just a few, just a few things that God is getting us to go into. He's saying, I want you to take back these fields. They're not just for the academics, 
but they're for every believer to be able to have an answer in each of these areas. And if you do have an answer in each of these areas, you'll be amazed at the, at, at the versatility of conversations that you're able to have with the ordinary person at your son's basketball training. I was talking to a guy there. I was hoping to drop my son off and then go and sit in the car and read a book. Um, but I got talking to another one of the parents there and we ended up talking about uh, history and Hitler and um, uh, materialism and just that belief. And then he found out that I was a pastor. I didn't put that in front of him straight away. He asked me what I did and I said, I'm a teacher. And I purposely didn't say I was a pastor because I didn't want to go there just yet. And then he said, so do you reckon you'll do teaching all your life? And I'm like, all right, no, I'm not going to do that all my life. I'm actually a pastor as well and I've got a church and that's where I really feel more called to. And it was like, oh, it opened up this whole another conversation. We probably hit all of those six topics in about that hour and a half conversation. Normally I wouldn't have gone there. I just wouldn't have done it. Three revelations for me, and then I want to get these guys, I want to put them on the spot with questions. Three key revelations that came out of studying with the Colson Institute. And the first one is this, is that there's always a snake in the garden. You can wall yourself in, you can, you can try and shut the world, world out, big bad world, but there's always a snake in the garden. I think that what Mark said around... Um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who experienced the, the, the being in the gulag in Russia, um, the line between good and evil goes directly down the middle of the human heart. Just turn it off. There we go. Revelation number two. The correct naming of things gives us an authority over them. So God said to Adam, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you must not eat. And then Adam, somewhere in the translation of him sharing that with Eve, something got, got uh, missed because when you, by the time you get to Eve talking to the snake in the garden, she says, well, God just said don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Somewhere between God's command to Adam and what Eve named the tree, uh, something went wrong. And because Eve wasn't able to name the tree correctly, she didn't have authority over the situation. We know she gets deceived and, and so on. So the correct naming of things gives us an authority over them. And the third thing is this, and this one hit me the beginning of this year, and that is, and it relates to the Southern Lights Network decree, that family is what sits between mysteries and nations. And a lot of what the Colson Institute trains us in is to go back and look at creation, how originally did God set up the world? And I'm constantly amazed at the amount that is packed into the first 12 chapters of Genesis, how compounded the meaning is, just how packed and dense it is with meaning. And, and as you look at the beginning of, of creation, the beginning of time, you see this pattern. And this is a pattern that stands out, and, and it's the pattern that family is the unit that, is, that protects against extreme um, individualism as represented by the flood. We know that in the time before Noah, everyone, it was every man for himself and we know that humanity got so depraved and individualistic and every man for himself and taking this and that and violence that a society couldn't be built on it. And when a society can't be built, the flood also represents the overcoming of time and time washing it all away. 
And then you get family protecting from the other extreme, which is extreme corporatism, which is represented by the, the tower on that side. They're wanting to build a utopia. They're wanting to um, supplant space over time because the, the building of things in some way represents the stopping of time. And the family unit, God says, when I want to get something done, I use the family unit to go and, and to do that. And God, that was just revelations that have just coming from getting our head in that space, beginnings, the fall, how did it affect? Where is God taking things? And so I'm just wanting to give you an idea of, you know, when you enter into this training, God is going to take you deeper. When you enter it in, God's going to take you wider than just your reading your Bible time and then praying and that's it. He's going to open up things for you. And, and so these six people sitting behind me have been very brave. They've, I did have a picture somewhere of the dragon where you cut the head off and then one, another head reappears. And it's like when you enter this com- conversation, it's like you solve one mystery, but then a whole bunch of others reappear. And it's a little bit like that. I don't think I put it there. So I want to ask, and I might move to the seat. Is that okay? All right, we'll go this way. Fantastic. I would love to ask our crew here. Okay, put them in the hot seat. I'd love for each of you just to share um, firstly and maybe just like take one minute explaining your journey around stepping into training with the Colson Centre and um, what it has been like, just really briefly, and then I want to hit you with some more questions. So we might go, Steve, start down your end and we'll work our way up this way. Hello. Awesome. Um, For me, growing up on the mission field in a Christian family, um, been in the Christian bubble my whole life, um, I remember inviting heaps of friends to youth group and that type of thing, um, but none of them ever kind of hung around because my whole faith is based on my experience and my growing up and and what I kind of lived through, but I couldn't really give that to anyone else. That was my personal thing and I believe that God was real and no one could convince me otherwise, but I couldn't actually articulate that in a way that someone else could kind of grasp. Um, And so during um, Accelerate Discipleship training here in 2018, in the second year, we started to get introduced to these ideas of worldview and culture and, um, yeah, we started to look at different issues within culture, abortion, same-sex marriage, different things like that. which I knew were wrong, but I really couldn't articulate to you why it was wrong. I just knew that the Bible said so. I knew God was real, and, but that was kind of all my language that I had. But through second year, we started to gain a bit of language and uh, had an opportunity, an encounter where God brought me across a friend who was planning to have an abortion. And um, yeah, through some of the yeah, training we had, I wasn't able to meet with her and actually articulate and have a conversation with her. And, um, yeah, she chose not to have the abortion and, and have the baby. And that experience for me, um, I just want I need to know more of this because I know there's going to be hundreds of other people that I'm going to encounter um, where I want to be able to have that same type of conversation in different, different spheres. So, um, yeah, when Pastor Zoe and Pastor Al asked me um, would I jump on board in the yeah, Colson Fellows program, I 
So definitely because I wanted to learn more. So awesome. Fantastic. Nick, over to you. What was the question? What was the question? What was your journey entering into the uh, Colson Fellows? Yes. Um, Explain. I spent, I spent the last couple of days trying to come up with an answer to this. So here goes. Um, <laughs> but no, look, a couple of areas. Um, partly I think it really is just that culture has changed so quickly since I became a Christian maybe 25 years ago now and confronting those issues that Steve have talked about um, and really wrestling with what is truth. You know, if people drop that and, um, and that led... John led me to Chuck Colson's book, which I got into, and then that led on to this course, and John taking up this course, and I thought, oh, well, okay, better give it a go. Um, not that that was an easy decision. Um, so that's partly it, and partly also I have two young kids who are going through school who are getting fed all of the evolution and all the science and all the naturalism, and me starting to wrestle with that and not really having enough sufficient answer. So, you know, just for myself, wanting to be able to raise my kids as best I can, um, looking for answers. So, and yeah, I'm really just pleased to say that, you know, it is fulfilling my hopes and dreams of getting some answers and getting to the truth. Fantastic. Peter, your journey. <laughs> thanks. Uh, first of all, uh, Bill, thanks for taking a risk on, on us Aussies and, and going to bat for us because this is brilliant. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, the, the culture changing so much, as as many of you know, I'm uh, you know the head trainer of Accelerate, and and seeing the different uh, um, complexities of issues with the with the students that come in and the questions that have never been answered, even though they were schooled in Christ, schooled in the church, had religious responses. But outside of, outside of the church, the, the answers waned quickly and I felt like I was the blind leading the blind to a degree in that area. So um, I knew that uh, we're heading down this track. I witnessed very, very clearly that this is the way we, we wanted to go and needed to go to be relevant in our culture. So I needed, I needed to lead uh, you know, and follow the lead. So I'm not a leader, but I follow the lead, but I am leading. So um, for me, it was a kind of a no-brainer that uh, if I'm going to teach um, the students how to engage in the culture, be agents of change in the culture, uh, then I need to expand. And really, the, the Colson uh, program has totally shifted my paradigm thinking, uh, where I'm in the religious mountain, uh, and I knew that very, very well, but to, to go outside of that scope was very, very difficult. Uh, so this has really opened up uh, a whole new world. So I used to think in terms of religion and religions, so one religion against another, and that became very, very defensive rather than have an explanation and do it with respect and honour. I was, I was defensive because I was, you know, guarding my faith. Yeah. And, uh, but now the paradigm of thinking through a world view versus religion, man, that, that changes the game. Amazing. Um, yep. so that's it. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. John. Hi, everyone. I'm John. Um, I've been flapping around schools for like 17 years now, uh, and I'm heavily invested in a small Christian school uh, at the moment, and I noticed an issue. Our school goes to year 10, and then students go out and usually into secular year 11, 12, and most times they were getting smashed. 
yep. because of the completely counterculture. They just didn't even know what to do with it. There was so much coming their way that was not truth and they knew it was not truth but they couldn't explain why and I couldn't explain to them why. And so there was that urgency on my part uh, to get trained uh, so that we could be effective. Uh, and um, that was part of what drove me to do it. Part of, as well, I found out partway through the course was I'm an information collector. And so as soon as there's a new course or something, I just lap it up and latch onto it and want to do it and want to read. So that, that was part of my, I didn't even realise at the start, I, I kind of felt like, oh, I have to do this. Yep. And then I started to realise why. Yep. Um, yeah, and it became more evident at the end of last year and they said, will you be in charge of the high school? And I said, does that mean I can talk to staff now as well about Worldview? Uh, and, and, they, and I said, you need to say that publicly or I'm not going to do it. And so they did. And so I've started to. And some inaccurate worldviews in some of the staff is, is slowly but surely starting to change. And one day, to be honest, I'd absolutely love to like, take one staff member at a time, as you said before, so that there's a unified worldview as we're teaching something accurate and predictable yep. and arming that next generation so that they will go on to become, well, yep. culture changers and leaders. Yep, yeah. spot on, awesome. Miranda, um, love to hear from you. I had done two years of discipling and I felt really, felt like I'd grown, in, you know, an exponential amount, courted, got married um, and was here serving in the church. But I think I just had this sense that I was... I just felt like I couldn't actively evangelise without being able to articulate the truth. And um, I knew the truth and I had had experiences, but um, to be able to convey that in a way that was really effective, uh, I didn't know how to do it. So after attending the Wilberforce weekend uh, in the US last year, I was immediately captured by everything to do with it. And um, I think I just realised more and more how... Um, shallow yep. the culture is in Australia or worldwide really and how people articulate culture but um, there's no depth to it so I thought well how can I actively speak to someone or relate to someone or evangelize if I can't even do that myself so that was really the main draw card for me um, as a person yeah. yeah fantastic yeah Chris I'll um, share a quick story I, uh, Marina and I were travelling around the US and we were going through um, Colorado in Denver and we met, we went to this cool hipster vegan cafe and we met this cool hipster vegan guy and he was, um, long story short, we like talked to him heaps and we ended up being friends with him and um, we met his partner and she was also a cool hipster vegan and we um, went on a hike with him up in the mountains and uh, they were very open about sharing their, their beliefs and their, their spirituality journey and all that sort of stuff. And um, I, well, we observed that we didn't really feel like we were able to bring any particular point across from our perspective. And um, so that led me to a point of, well, I just don't feel like I have the factual base for my faith. And... Um, Funnily enough, God was setting me up for the Wilberforce weekend because we went there and everything was factual based. And so from that weekend, it was not even on my radar to do this course. From that weekend, I just, I think I had a conversation with Zoe and I was like, I think I have to do this course. <laughs> and that was with EDT the first time. I think I have to do this course. It's the best decision I've made. So. Awesome. Fantastic. 
even the vegan community are starting to be impacted, so that's great. Very, very good. Um, next question I want to put to the panel, I'm going to let anyone jump in, is I'd love you to, to speak to what, what are you learn learning or what have you learnt through your journey with the Colson Fellows and what revelations are opening up or aha moments for you are opening, have or are opening up? I'll go. Um, John. I, I'm confronted by the first book that I read. There's two stories in it. One about a guy called George Cresto, who, who said the words, what if we, well, his wife said, what if we really, really live by what we say we believe? Uh, and I've put, stuck that up all around the school. And I find myself constantly referencing it with other people now. And it's very confronting to me um, because there's some areas of my life that don't quite line up with that and just owning that and recognising that now. And also that there's a story in there about Ken McGarrity about the sanctity of human life. And in the past, I would try and talk to people about euthanasia and abortion, and I'd come, probably come across as a bit hardline, and that's just how it is. And, and but, but coming from a different angle now and talking about how precious people are and the sanctity of human life. Uh, and also, there's a book at the moment about uh, homosexuality as well, and having grace and compassion, but being able to speak truth as well. Um, it's really confronting, but being a talker myself, reading these books has, has forced me to actually slow down and listen to other people and not be afraid to hear someone's opinion all the way through instead of feeling like I've got to jump in and answer for them or have an answer for everything. Yeah, it's preparing to become a lot more relaxed and enjoy the moment uh, and, and then see what comes out of that. So yeah, it's giving awesome. a lot of confidence. Yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Brilliant. Revelations, what are you learning? I think, um, like I said before, there's no depth to our culture. So, for example, um, I was talking with a friend the other day and she was explaining how um, she only buys recycled clothing and so she only goes to op shops, which is fine. Um, yet it's so contradictory because she's okay with illicit drug use. And um, But when I asked her, I said, so why do you only you know, use recycled clothing. She's like, well, it's a more sustainable approach. Um, and I said, that's great. So um, obviously, is this more of a conservation thing? Yeah, she's like, yep, for the future generations. And I was like, okay, so what's your thought on abortion? And she was like, that's different. I'm like, I don't think it is. And so I was like, can you explain why it's different? And she couldn't. And so what it really showed me is not necessarily just through this course, but through the content of what we're reading, is the, the practical application is just to ask questions in a really soft way oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to really try and understand what people believe. Yep. Because a lot of the time they don't even know. Fantastic, awesome. I think you're hearing this as a common theme that it's, it's given, those that have gone through, that it's given them a, an ability to just go, it's okay, I'm, listening's fine. Here, I'm go I want to hear where the other person's coming from and even get some sort of agreement. Like, oh, so you, this is what you would believe. And even in that story, Miranda, I'm hearing that cognitive dis dissonance that Dr. Mark talked about before. It's like you just put the, the little pebble in the shoe and it's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah fantastic. Swing it over that way there. Yeah, okay. Stephen. Um, so I suppose throughout my life, growing up in the church, you hear Sunday school stories and everything's separated Everything's always broken up. The world's kind of separated from the church and everything you go through. And so it's kind of hard to bring it back together. But through the Colts and 
fellows program, you learn that really there's only one story, and that's God's story, and everyone's a part of that. Um, and that kind of paradigm shift has allowed me to read the Bible differently, listen to the news differently, um, and I think for me, I'm just amazed every day that through that kind of paradigm shift of the way that I view everything as one collective and, and God's story, that I'm able to view everything now through, yeah, a lens of truth, um, which is, yeah, just shifting everything. And then in my conversations, I'm less judgmental with people when I'm listening to them, more compassion, because you understand where they kind of fit into the story. And, you know, even just something as simple as you know that God loves everyone, but seeing it all as God's story and where they all fit into God's story, I actually know that God loves them. My actions now actually kind of reflect that as well. And so, so much of my, I suppose, my head knowledge growing up in church that was so separated and here all over the shop has really come together. And now I'm seeing, I suppose, yeah, my actions, my behaviour, my thinking now actually aligning so much more with the truth of the Bible and the truth of the Word. Fantastic. Nick, I'd love to hear what, what you're learning. Thank you, Al. You're welcome. <laughs> right on time. Um, a big one has been opening up the bookends of the gospel in a certain sense. So yes. um, through the worldview, I guess, truth and, and opening up and, and re, I guess, expanding the depth and the breadth of creation, the fall, redemption and restoration, it actually brings the full gospel um, to the fore, if you like. And I think that's fallen away. We've, we've gone and just the latest book this month is Kingdom Calling by Amy Sherman. And she talks about that a fair bit. Um, and she put it perhaps in a bit of a context in the way that's playing out in our churches in that we may have churches that are operating more like cruise ships that are, you know, quite vacation-like and, and we can just cruise along versus perhaps what we ought to be, which is like aircraft carriers where we're on a mission and we're training up people and we're being sending, sending them out on missions and, um, and doing great stuff. So it's hard to put into words how that fits because it's huge. We're talking about the gospel here. Um, and I think in this culture, I suppose, we have, you know, uh, bookended the gospel to sort of the fall and, and um, salvation and, and not really thought about Particularly for me, the, the key part is talking about restoration and the fact that we are forerunners for that and we are here to bring restoration to this earth, um, which, you know, is something I've never really given much thought to. It's, it's amazing because what you go through when you... Um, one of the first things that you encounter is that there's a four... It's called the four-part drama. We start with creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's where the whole story begins. It doesn't fall, it, it doesn't start at the fall. Man's terrible. Uh, but there's actually a chapter that precedes that. And it's very important that we understand how God made the world and how it was before the fall actually happened. Because to miss off that first chapter means that we're not really starting with the accurate story. And a lot of where we all, a lot of us would be able to say, yeah, we grew up with the man's bad and here's your solution, Jesus Christ, redemption, that's it. And the the gospel was, was sort of confined to this two-part drama rather than the four-part, which is in the beginning, everything um, was created good, heaven and earth, the, the, the invisible realm and the material realm functioning together. Adam was mediating between the, the, the heavenlies and the, and the earthly and, and, you know, go into the garden, till it and all sorts. Then we get to the fall 
Um, but already factored in the fall was the fact that, okay, God himself, who's outside of time and space, is going to come and occupy uh, a, a human form and he's going to live and then die and he's going to reconcile heaven and earth back together again, salvation, redemption. And so we get this incredible chapter in the story where it's like Jesus Christ is redemption. And then the last chapter doesn't just finish there, it's the outworking outwork your salvation with fear and trembling. And so you get the you get act one of the drama, it's brilliant. Act two, it's terrible chapter, the tragedy, the fall, which explains a lot about the nature of evil, but there's a solution. But chapter or act four is how that solution actually works out in the church corporately. What should we be doing as a church? But then our individual functions as believers in our individual um, fields of influence. So um, it, it's a powerful template to have the big picture story because if we're not operating on the four-part drama, we really have an inaccurate understanding of how the gospel is to be outworked. And it's something that we come across time and time again, and Dr. Bill's trained us in that, that it's, it's that, that four-part drama there, um, part of the biblical story. Pastor Pete, I'd love to hear your learnings. and. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, many, many things. Uh, what, I've, what I've found or discovered is a renewed love for Jesus Christ. Awesome. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Let's let that settle for a minute. I mean, that's, it's worth doing it just for that. It's great. Uh, to be more tender, to have him undo you and be okay. Uh, a renewed love for him. A renewed love for his creation, a responsibility. Um, and it's not a it's not a doctrine thing for me. Yeah. Uh, that simple paradigm of of uh, getting out of the religion mindset to a worldview and God's sovereignty and His incredible love. I'm loving my faith so much more. My call it religion, whatever you want to do, but it's my, my love for God and my love for the church and my love for people, very tender, I cry more. Uh, my prayer life has changed. Uh, my views have changed. Um, this is way healthier than I've ever been. And, uh, Amazing. You know, so, yeah, it affects you a lot. It affects you a lot, uh, you know, rather than a specific revelation. Yeah. The revelation of him, yep. who he is, what he's done, the Father's love, all that stuff just becomes so much more real and uh, far more personal. So Awesome. Yeah, it's, can't explain it any better than that. I don't know. Incredible. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Pete. Chris, learnings, revelation, what, what's hitting you, what's forming? Uh, I, I guess what I would say is, I mean, that was, that was amazing. That's perfect. But what I would say on top of that is uh, I think I, I like to look for gaps in things. Uh, in um, business, I like to look for gaps in business, in culture, in um, town planning, you know, that's, I like to look for gaps in things. And I guess I, I have started to see the gap in um, evangelism and Mark was amazing in sharing that before, where, it, like, my experience, I guess, was encounter and then discipling, and, and there's, there's a big gap in there of how do you get them in through, and 
I'm realizing more and more that um, that is truth and that is, um, I, I can't remember where we read it but or heard it, but within this week I think I heard it. It was um, we blindly go into conversations expecting to win them. Um, like we have a conversation with a Muslim and we just expect to win that, but no one wins in that circumstance. So you're going in there and you're bringing your truth and you're having a good conversation and, and that is the path to bring people into discipleship. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess that is probably, I mean, right now we're reading Islam to Christianity, a book, and my minds are totally flooded with that because so, yeah. I just can't put the book down. I've never had yeah. that before, but that is probably my revelation, I guess, yeah. in the broader scheme. Awesome. Um, how I, I want, I'll probably like a, a couple of people to answer this question and then I think it'd be really great to throw it open to a Q&A and just encourage you to think of something that you can, um, that you can ask. Um, but how, how did, have you seen it outworking in your life? Is there an example? Can you give a, a evidence of what is different now and how is it outworking in your ordinary everyday life? I would just say boldness. Yep. Like I've, I'm just not afraid to share mm. anyone. Uh, like everyone's so opinionated. I, I didn't realise how opinionated people were until I started having an opinion, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because... Um, like you can't just have a conversation with someone anymore without them projecting their opinions yeah. and their beliefs on you. And yeah. um, if I don't have an opinion and I don't have beliefs and they aren't firm, then they'll easily push me over and not yeah. like the people we went hiking with. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's, that's how it's helped me. I feel like I can counter that with this is what I believe. Yep, I can totally relate. Yeah. Others, John. I'll always talk. So, so many feelings, so little facts. That is true. Is what we're finding. Yeah, as you engage people in conversations, as you say, Chris, they're so powerfully convinced of what they believe. And yet it doesn't take much. So, oh, why do you, why do you believe in that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's all over half the time because they've got no idea. Yeah, they read it somewhere once and they've just owned it and taken it on. And that's the excitement and the fun of a post-truth culture, isn't it, where there's no actual standard. There's nothing to come back to. And I find it found infuriating when people say, oh, that's your truth, that's fantastic. You know, and you just feel like, wow, I can't go anywhere and they've got no moral standard because of that and it's all changeable and variable. So there's been some great tip, tips given out today uh, of how to address that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. How's it outworking in your life, Stephen? Um, I think for me... Um, especially my generation, many of you who are here, the whole climate change debate is raging and people don't really have a clue why they believe what they believe, but they see a fire and think that, you know, climate change is the sole reason why we have a fire and they're kind of all the arguments that come out and, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd go, I don't really agree with what you're saying, but I'd have nothing to kind of reply from. So conversations would go absolutely nowhere, but now I can, you know, be working or with a friend or whatever, having conversation and... You can just go backwards and forwards, you know, and you put different ideas out, you ask a few different questions, and you know, like John said, most of their, you know, they don't really have an argument necessarily, just got an opinion about something. Um, but actually being able to have a conversation, an ongoing conversation, then coming back next week and, you know, ask them how they're going and, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's opening up doors where you can actually 
share your faith, but also share your faith in a context where you're actually received. Um, even if they might say, oh, I really believe that, but they're actually listening to you and what you're saying um, because if you can have that kind of conversation and, and work it through. So, Awesome. Nick, how's it out working? Um, so, I mean, you know, it's the way, the truth, and the life. It's, and the truth bit was, was struggling um, as discussions have been had. So it really helps just to move you from frustration to now having hope, having somewhere to, you know, start from, to have a framework, to have conversations with. Um, just even getting out of the office yesterday, my superior says, so where are you going? You know, why are you taking a day off? Um, <laughs> and so I said, yeah, going to a conference around worldviews. Oh, what's that? Yeah, blah, blah. So and now I'm keen to get back and have this conversation, whereas, you know, she was sharing a little bit to say she was spiritual. Ah, transcendentalism. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so, you know... <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's a big difference to being from nowhere to have nothing to really, you know, not really sure how you're going to go back and engage with that to being able to and keen to and, yeah, so. Fantastic. Is there anyone else who wants to speak to how it's outworking? Pastor Pete. Um, you know, probably the big thing, um, I've always been okay at asking a question or two. Um, but it was always few nods uh, but it was always with a with an agenda I think but it was probably a wrong agenda um, it was to get my 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 two cents in yep rather than to actually genuinely meet them where they're at and I think that's the big key to be effective because I can't move them to a five to a six if they're still at a two and a three I've got to go back to the two and the three so my questions I'm trying to get better questions, but really listen differently, and really listen to where you know, um, you know they they can they people are generally okay with you know telling you what you think, but finding out what they believe is a little harder. So I always was always on the thinking what they're thinking and try and delve there, but generally you don't you always hit the mark because you don't get to the belief yep. because I haven't really listened properly. Hence my question before, and I want to get better at that is get into the belief systems, yeah. i.e. the worldviews, the the way they see life. Um, so I think my my approach is to really listen better and try and use the paradigm shift that I'm now getting, not got, getting, mm. uh, so I can meet them where they're at. And then, because it's no point putting the pebble in if they've got thongs on. You know, they'll just, it, it won't work, you know. <laughs> right, John? I like that metaphor. You, you know, so you gotta find, you gotta find where it annoys it. You know, and I wasn't good, and if I'm annoying the wrong thing, then, it's just not as effective, I think. And so for me, that's probably how it's outworking, I think, the most. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great. Last question. Why should someone enter into the Colson oh, Fellows come Program? come on. Last question. I want you to imagine convincing someone that they've got to join. What would you say? I would say um, I'm the token Australian <laughs> with my thongs. Um, <laughs> I would say if you want to pursue truth uh, and wisdom, if you want to change the way you, you, you ask questions and listen, um, if you want to get to, I don't know, I, I, I just, I'll just say it's changed the way that I actually ask questions. 
because I interact with that climate change thing a bit at school. And I used to just say, yep, no, I agree or I don't. And I came back to God said, just steward the land. And what does that mean, everyone? You know, and then does it bring you fear or faith when you hear about it? Because God will be found where it brings faith. Just to re learn to re-ask questions like that. If you, if you want to be effective but you're feeling a little bit frustrated because it's not quite happening for you, it gives you a really good tool to be able to be effective with minimum hard work. Where it used to be hard, it'll suddenly become easy and relational and wow. fun. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Miranda, last response from you. What would you say to convince someone to do the course? I feel course? like I've got to turn to the camera and be like really dramatic. Mm. Um, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with the cultural moment we're in right now, we need proof that Jesus Christ is real and that um, this is a faith worth following and worth dying for. And to be able to articulate that in a really intelligent way is so critical, especially for millennials, I think, um, or being able to communicate to millennials because, like we've been saying, everyone has an opinion. Um, people might not know what's underneath that, but to be able to really question that um, and bring it across is really fundamental to entering into the world and discipling people. Like it's, yep. it's, it says in the scripture. So to be able to do that in a really smart way, I think is very critical to our faith right now and the moment we're in in Australia where everything is challenged. Awesome. Good answer. Hand up if you're convinced to enter in. Okay. You did it. Fantastic. Um, I want to put it out there now just for, for two or three questions just to be asked and you can aim it at, at a certain person or anyone. Um, I'm sure we've got a roving mic there. Um, but if you have a question, just if you raise your hand and we'll get that mic to you and I um, want to encourage you to, to do that. For me, the term of like intellectual and debating and defending your faith always kind of led to less love. But from what you guys have kind of shared this afternoon, that it's led to you having more love in your heart for people. Can you answer or give you an insight into why or how that's happened? I feel less defensive because I feel more secure. So more able and willing to entertain another viewpoint and actually listen to what they're saying instead of the whole time thinking, what am I going to say to rebut this? So you relax because you're confident. I might add that I think it's partly around being a Christian was more about who our identity was, whereas with the foundation of going through the Colson material, you're building your foundation on truth and on something more objective rather than it being about you and being a personal battle with somebody. It's more about evidence, more about a rational discussion, and it's more about um, reasoning through, through a worldview paradigm. Great question, Carly. Uh, I think um, if someone can convince you that your mood is affected by the moon and its movements, then you can convince someone in a really respectful <laughs> way that your life has been changed by Jesus Christ and that it's true. So I think if you're comparing things, it's, it's just a basic truth um, that Jesus Christ existed and there's more proof that he did than Caesar did. So, yeah. 
Um, I think I think one of the things that uh, um, to, to answer your question for me also is listening to the every speaker because you do a lot of webinars, a lot of videos. They love people. They engage with people. They, you know, have testimony and story and the humility in these. I mean, these are. I, I pick up every third word and understand every fourth because uh, I'm trying to get my head around what they're actually saying. But what is undeniable is their their humility, yes. their love for people, their love for the world, their love for God first and foremost, and it's a, it's addictive. And I think you just pick up on something in this culture. I feel like I've never met them or just now, but the, the Colson community, I feel there's a community that I'm connected with that I don't even really know, it, but it doesn't really matter because this like-mindedness of love for the community, responsibility, you know, and that, that to me is love. If I'm not responsible and don't care about my neighbour, then I won't go to see them or care about them or know what's going on in their life. But I'm finding my heart more for them than ever before. And I'm already good at that, but it's like, it's different. And it's, I don't know, I don't know how else to explain that, but it's very addictive. Um, this love for our nation and God and people and, yeah. You come back to Christ-centred, Christianity, it's not, you're not, you're less self-conscious and more others conscious and God conscious. It's those kind of consciousnesses that kind of break down your walls of defensiveness and you become others conscious and God conscious far more than you are self-conscious. I think that's a big part of it. I think there's a big difference between a debate and an argument as well. And so you don't have to go in with a, an argument you're just having a debate and, and you can still love the person. A lot of the um, people that we listen to at the um, Wilberforce weekend, they have debates with people and, and they love the person afterwards and they talk to them still. And so you don't have to hate the other person or it's best if you don't hate, it's best <laughs> if you love them, obviously. But um, yeah, I think there's a big difference between debating and arguing. It's yeah. brilliant. There's something that when there's security there, you, ha you spend more, you're able to spend more energy focusing outwards rather than on inwards. And when you're focused inwards, you naturally put up a bit of a guard and self-protection. And when that self-protection's not there, you automatically are able to emotionally even get closer to the person that you're conversing with. And I think you're actually able to express the love of Christ quite freely in that because they, they bring you in close as well. With them sharing something intimate with you, something that is part of their underpinning belief, um, that's them opening up and, and that vulnerability that they're showing to you. So there's a connection that goes beyond, you know, how's the footy on the weekend type thing. And you do, you start to enter into that space. And I think that's what you've heard a fair bit just in this session. Maybe have one time for one more or two more questions. Yeah, um, really enjoyed what you've said, you guys, and um, I'm sold. If you say any more, I'll be frustrated. <laughs> um, but what I want to know is, uh, what have you got now? I know you've said it in different ways, but what have you got now that you didn't have before? How did you get it? What, what have you got? Have you got a PhD in Colson Studies or something? And what do, what do I do next, please? That's Does that good. make sense? Very good question. Okay. Who wants to take that they one? just do the Colson course. <laughs> <laughs> So, sorry, the question again, what did you not have before? Is that right? Yeah, what have you done to get there? What, 
Give me some practical steps. What do I do? Oh, what, what have we actually done? Oh. You mean as in the course? We've done it. Read about. Th do I have to go to America? Or? No. Yeah. no, but you can. It's an option. Yeah, there's, there's, um, so there's daily devotions. Uh, it's very, very well structured, very synchronised, and they take you uh, systematically through. Uh, yes, it's online. It's online. Uh, you, you sign up. The uh, Brooke is just amazing administrator. Uh, lady in the states. Uh, everything's on on this path right. So there's a very, very big um, behind the scenes um, uh, web web page that basically step you through uh, daily devotion, your readings, your, your um, uh, book reviews, uh, you submit them online. Uh, Pastor Zoe is the one that uh, facilitates that. She checks up on our progress and ticks us off if we're falling along behind. Um, there's webinars, there's group catch-ups, and we discuss what we're learning, how we're learning. But all of that culminates in this practicum, teaching practicum, uh, that you have to do something with. And that was Chuck, one of Chuck's great uh, foresights. He's, oh, this is not just about learning, this is about doing. Not just hear the word, but heed the word, do something about it. So the, the great thing about it is not just another theory course and we've got more information, but we have to actually outwork that. One in a pra practical or teaching practicum and two in a th three year plan. So we have to actually have a plan to, uh, to, to, to open up this cultural uh, influence in our life and space and, and do something with all the teaching. Uh, we're yet to get there. We're, we're just on the threshold of getting all that together. Um, but it is, you know, so it's not just theory and discussion and walking and thinking and changing, um, but it also has an outline as well. So, and it's all online and uh, is that, is that, does that help you a little bit? In terms of the uh, doctorate that we will get, at the end of it, is that right? A doctorate yeah. of something, of something or other. I'm sure there's a uh, Al got something, um, but <laughs> the, I'm not the, sure about that. The last thing I'll say on that, Pastor Richard, is that, that is absolutely correct. The key thing that it brings you into is one is a dialogue in this manner, and and the second thing it brings you into a community where you can have that dialogue. And there's a saying with the Colson Fellows that, that goes, once a fellow, always a fellow. And so you come into this community where everyone is, is on this worldview uh, journey together and, and, and you're constantly you know, learning new things. And, and it's a place where you can really just, you know, you've heard an idea, climate change, whatever the, the hot topic of the day is, or you want to look at theology, whatever. It's a place where you can really um, uh, you know, thrash that out together. And it's a really great community like that. Pastor Caleb, invite you. I'll get you to give our panel a round of applause, please. <laughs>